0: hi everyone i am not sure what just happened but we were cut out but we're here today we're super excited i'm super excited to introduce you to barbara vercus and she is joining us all the way from belgium which i just found out it's eight o'clock it's eight fifteen at night in belgium so she is so kind to come to us today and what a beautiful story that barbara is going to share with us today Um, she is a kindness ambassador across the globe. And if you read, she has a book, um, discovering the path of powerful kindness, and I'm going to share a link to it after. So you can get a copy of her book because it really will touch your heart. Barbara, thank you so much for being here today. Um, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell everyone what you're passionate about?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, Gina, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, you know, like, it's a joy and a pleasure to be here with you today. And, um, well, I, I call myself a global kindness advocate. Of course, I'm a lot more than that. I'm a business owner running um, consulting business. And my, my main, my biggest client is BMW. I'm mostly working in quality management, um, transfer, um, operational excellence. Um, At the same time, I do some personal mentoring for young entrepreneurs. I'm president of a women's organization in Brussels. Um, I just wrote a book. Um, I have uh, had a presence on social media for a long time, making videos on kindness, teaching people how to go through life with kindness and compassion, but in a powerful way. and um, as you know, my story, why um, am I so passionate about kindness? People would often ask me that. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote a book about kindness, and I have been thinking about that book for a long time for two reasons. Uh, first of all, um, more than 20 years ago, at the age of 32, I was diagnosed with a stage four skin cancer. Oh. Um I was um, running a construction business at that time since five years, married since five years. And we had three very young children, um, two toddlers, two girls and a baby boy who was only a few months old. So I was told um, in April 2003 that I probably would not live until the end of the year. And as you can imagine, that came as a shock. Um, I had to go through several sur- surgeries, and I had a year of chemotherapy. Mm. But fortunately, I survived. Yes, and yes. All, all, all those months in hospital, you know, um, I had a lot of time to think. And I was thinking mm. a lot about my legacy, thinking like, okay, if this is the end now at 32 years old, am I happy mm. with my legacy? And the answer mm. was no, no. I was not happy. And why? Because until that age, I had lived up to the expectations of others. Oh. I had lived a life I thought a good person or a good girl or a good woman is uh, living. You know, you go to college, you marry, married, you build a business, you have a job. And it's not that I was unhappy at all. But it was more it was all based on unconscious choices i did what i thought was expected from me hmm. so and i knew that the path that i had chosen was really without thinking further and there was a calling in my in my soul you could say oh. in, of my being like um okay what is it that i want to leave here mm-hmm. and what came to me was the power First of all, the power we have as humans to create our lives, the power of our mind, the power of our thoughts, because I have lit, lived that during um, my illness, during the cancer. I have experienced how powerful um, what we focus on. Because since the beginning, I, um, the first night in hospital uh, was a very hard night. I had not, you know, like my my husband wasn't there, no kids. And I felt very lost and alone. Because as a young mom, you always have, you know, like toddler's kids close to you. And Mm then I was alone in hospital watching the ceiling. And I was like starting to cry. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, why are you crying? Those kids, they were with my parents and parents-in-law. They are surrounded by love. They have no clue what's going on. They were too small. They they were just thinking they were on a vacation with their grandparents. So immediately I shifted what is in my power right now to help myself. Hmm. And I knew that it was focusing on positive things. When Hmm. I would go into despair or negative thinking like oh my god i'm gonna die oh my god this is the end mm-hmm. i know that would have had an impact on my health mm-hmm. weakening so mm-hmm. the power i i was dedicated to stay positive and joyful mm-hmm. even with those who would have been my last months um so I wanted in my, in building a legacy, the empowerment, the empowerment of of the individual. And at the same time, that we can go through life with kindness and compassion, which brings us so much fulfillment. Mm. And shifting people's perspective that kindness is not weakness. No, absolutely. Kindness is perceived as weakness. And why is that? Because I think most of the time kindness is mistaken for niceness. Mm. And niceness is something that is taught in our culture. You have to be nice to a superior, nice to an elderly lady. or And it's often fear-based. Some people are even nice to their rude boss because they're afraid to lose mm. their jobs. Oh, so people are nice to their toxic partner because they don't want to end up single or alone. And Mm. that niceness is fear-based and comes from a very powerless place. Mm. At the contrary, if you choose kindness, kindness is is a behavior or an attitude you choose. So Mm. if you have a rude boss, you can speak (sighs) up for yourself in a kind way. You can stay out of the negativity You can stay out of the trigger, you know, like Uh action-reaction, but you can still speak up and say, let's turn this into a constructive conversation. Let's turn this conversation around. If the other person keeps yelling, keeps being aggressive, then all you can have is compassion for the instability of that person, the immaturity for that person being eaten away, by by emotions and not being able to compose him or herself,
0: so you stay Absolutely. And I love um, I love that you make that distinction between yes. being nice and yes. being kind. kind. Yes, Absolutely. kind is very
1: powerful. It's um, in being kind, you are like the mature and balanced human mm-hmm. being. And it's not that you start to judge the one who is rude to you. You set healthy boundaries, but you can look through the behavior of somebody who is uh, rude, who Mm. is aggressive. It can only come from a hurted person. Mm. Somebody who is happy, fulfilled, would never have that behavior. So Mm -hmm. that is one thing, you know, like the kindness, um, shift that perspective that. Kindness comes from a, a person who has already dealt with a lot of inner demons, with mm. insecurities, who have processed that and mm. moved on to another place.
0: Mm. And
1: for me it's very important to be that role model.
0: Mm. Because
1: it's easy for me to be in front of a camera and say, how to do (laughs) it.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what continues you to inspire you? Because you mentioned going through this horrific, this horrific event in your life where you face death Mm -hmm. in the eyes and you have a mind of a champion, Barbara. I mean, you overcame that. But every day now, many years later, what Mm -hmm. inspires you to continue that mission and continue that focus?
1: First of all, I think it's a calling, mm-hmm. um, and mostly because I can see the ripple effect more and more. You, um, I had a conversation today with with a business relation, but who comes uh, for my um, who comes to many workshops of the, the the women organization, and she just got a promotion, and she told me, Barbara, I have to thank you. This is a person that I don't see so often. I say, mm-hmm. you have to thank me? Why? She said, you are such a role model for me that we can lead in business with kindness without losing, um, you could say, a certain authenticity and purity that we have. And she said, I, I, I followed, she read my book, and she said, I followed a lot of your advice. And look at me now, I'm a global sales, sales director. And I was so, you know, like, if you hear yeah, that, it it's your right. absolutely so that keeps me going (laughs) like I love that I love that Mm -hmm. you know with my kids with my parents it's really a daily training Gina for me Mm. too Mm. when I feel that I have a bit too much on my plate and I get exhausted and very tired I feel how my resilient levels go down how my um, how I would go into a default pattern of um, overcompensating, in working, in um, not setting boundaries. So it's it's a daily training in um, being the bigger person. F- it, it's always about filling your own cup first. Mm. So making sure you are um, taking care of yourself physically, mentally emotionally, because you can never serve from an empty vessel. And that was a mistake that I had made, you know, like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I think many people, especially women, who want to be there for everybody, for their parents, their children, their siblings, um, even colleagues, and that we so much forget that it's about filling our own cup first, and f- finding those things that give you joy. And, um, Maybe it's taking a warm bath. Maybe for you, it's a walk in nature. Maybe it's a call with a friend. What I've learned also, that is to really take distance from all the people who were like leeches, you know, like energy trained. Yeah. And that was a hard one because I thought that you are not a good person if you take distance from people in life. But it's a form of self-care. You have those people who are just so fixed in a certain spiral of thinking that, you know, you can leave them, you can bless them and say, okay, that's their choice, but I don't have to be involved in it or I don't have to be pulled into it.
0: Absolutely. We definitely, I mean, we see it a lot where we're just exhausted and not taking care of ourselves. And so that's such a critical message to make sure that you're, Your cup is full and you're taking care of yourself.
1: And I I have really educated or trained people around me. If, for example, my mom or my sister would call and, you know, like start complaining or start being negative. I would often, you know, like cut them off after two minutes and say, can we turn this conversation into a positive conversation? And in the beginning, they were very much um, upset. Mm. But it changed. They knew that was my that was my boundary. I do not I do not accept to be the person that you complain to for thirty minutes and you do nothing about it in your life. Everybody can vent with me. We all have sometimes a bad day. It's not mm. vent. That's okay. But after ten minutes you vented and then you say, okay, let's move on and see what we are going to do about converse, um the situation so i you have to train yourself mm-hmm. and also the people around you um so that that that's practically you could say my my way of life <sighs> um being grateful every morning i'm i'm super super grateful to wake up i got yeah. like already 21
0: extra years yeah absolutely Ab, congr- i love that i am so glad what that you are bonus here with is us that? What it bonus is a bonus that? it is a bonus for everyone that's touched by you and can learn and i think you know if there's someone out there that is listening to us that is feeling like they can't move forward or they've lost their passion maybe they don't feel kindness given to them barbara mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. if they've lost their passion for learning Um, for moving on, what recommendation would you have for them? Or what advice would you offer that person?
1: It's getting in touch with inner joy. Hmm. And if you're, some people are so disconnected that they don't know anymore, what gives them joy? And I would recommend people to think about the seven-year-old you, the 10-year-old you, what made you happy? Was it drawing? Was it, um, you know, like sports? Was it, you know, whether you are creative, whether you are sport, there's always something. And connect with that part again and let it lead you. Let joy lead you. Uh, When you are joyful, when you are, you know, like it's, there is only one purpose in our life. That's just to grow and to blossom from our true nature. So maybe you were born with a passion to teach. So you could, if you could, would compare it with nature. You were born as a rose. So what's your purpose? To be the most, you know, like a fervent, beautiful rose possible. I was maybe born as a tulip. So my my purpose is to be as much tulip as I can. What does us, our society say? Oh, you're a tulip. No, that's not okay. Only roses are successful. So mm-hmm. and we start to believe that. We start to believe I'm not good the way I am because Mm. I'm not a rose. I'm a tulip. So when just people could connect with the essence of who you are and not be so indoctrinated with what society says that you have to be an accountant. But if you love cooking, be the cook. Yes. Parents said your entire life you have to be an accountant. At the contrary, if you, you were told you had to be a lawyer but you love numbers, be the accountant and no longer a lawyer. And it's not about living in some la-la land. I'm very much into um, real life, I'm very much into real life. It's not that I would say people, you know, like quit your job, um, do something else, no. Every every change that happens in my life, every transformation, because I I transformed completely um, in 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 the business that I'm doing, it went gradually, and I took the time and I took courses, evening courses. You know, I love learning. I still do. I read fifty books a year. I love wow. reading. Wow! Do you publish love- your
0: book list? Do you publish your book list somewhere? I you have should. every
1: Sunday. Every Sunday, I have a book video on LinkedIn.
0: You do? There you I go. Do. We could we can go to your video and find out what yes. you're reading. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I love that.
1: So um, even, you know, with BMW, all the work that I do, operational excellence, there's a lot of learning, new platforms, new software. I'm 53. I will be 54 in a few months. And I'm still learning. And I love yeah. it. I'm not absolutely. like the... The 50-year-old who says, oh, you know, like times were better when there was no computer. No, <laughs> this is what it is. And I love to learn. I love I that. Even told my daughter, like, I want yeah. to learn new languages. I, I How still many want languages
0: to- do you speak? I was just curious. Oh,
1: um, uh, five. So the five. Dutch is the native wow. language. Then there's French, there's English, German, and
0: Spanish. Wow, what does authentic look like to you? Because you talked about authenticity, what does it look like to you? If if, if someone said, Barbara, what's what does authentic learning look like?
1: It's really following an inner voice. It's not mm-hmm. listening to what other people say to you. Uh, it's it's really getting making the time to get quiet. What I would you know like. Re- often recommend is to have like some kind of diary journal to hmm. write down and see what comes up. I've, I've been journalist, journaling since I, I think I was eight or nine years old. Wow. I have these files, not every day, <laughs> not every day, but when I uh-huh. feel like. Um, and I strongly believe in, in kind of automatic writing. You start writing and things come up, and sometimes you can connect with that inner voice through the writing. Maybe mm. some people do it in their cooking and they, they relax so much that mm. they feel like ideas coming up. Mm. It's in the moment when you, your thinking mind is getting quiet. Mm. There is something else boiling up then, your creativity, your inner wisdom. And I think if you, you live from that place, that's your purely authentic place because you mm. are no longer trying to fit in you are no longer trying to be authentic or trying to fit into some image you hold like an ideal version of yourself and it's mm-hmm. not easy especially you know like with the tyranny of social media I think it's yeah. extremely I I, sp- I do create a lot of content for social yeah. media but uh-huh. I I spend very little time consuming. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: I think also we were born creating beings, not consuming beings. So mm-hmm. we were born as creators
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we were turned into consumers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you create, um, I think you're just being mindful.
0: How do I spend my time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so beautiful talking to you, Barbara. If there's any lasting advice you want to give to the audience today, what would it be? And then you can share where people can connect with you and find you.
1: Okay. I would say you are beautiful. Mm. You are loved beyond measure. You are supported. Always remember that and live from that place that you know that you are loved and you are beautiful just for being born. You never have to prove any worthiness to no one because you are worthy.
0: Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to end our show. I love learning today. Barbara, if someone wants to connect with you, where can they find you? And I'm gonna post your book and everything about you after after this podcast.
1: So you can find me, just type in my name on LinkedIn. You can also, my website is mynameinoneword.com, barbaravercruz.com. So that's the easiest way to connect with me.
0: Super, awesome. Thank you for joining me all the way from Belgium to the United States. Kindness globally. Awesome today. Thank you, Barbara. Good pleasure.